What's up, Super Wide listeners? This is episode 18 of the Super Wide podcast. And let me tell you, it has been a week. And it's only Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of podcast. So I'm going to let my man, Big Wino, take it away and let him tell you what we've been dealing with this week. So my love, it's all on you. Hello, how are you? Hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having the greatest day. Me? I'm having a pretty good day myself. You guys have been on this journey with us for a while, so I'm going to lay out the scenery of what's going on right here. How long have I been out, babe? 19 months. 19 months I've been out. I'm uh, hanging out on the couch. The love of my life is laying on the couch, chilling. I have our little dog, Sophie. She's getting petted and she loves it. And uh, it's really calm in here. It's nice. About to get ready for a late dinner. So, I mean, you know, that's how we living over here. Just hanging out and vibing. How did we get here this month? How did we get here this week? Hmm. Well, I got fired on my day off through a text from my boss for not doing a job that I was never hired to do in the first place. What I'll, job is this? What number? Oh, what job? Oh, and this is, since I've been out, this is my fourth job. Two, three, four. This is my fourth job since I've been out. So in the last 19 months, I've had four jobs. And first one was terrible because the owner of that one. So the owner of the first job that I got when I first got out of prison, um, was trying to pay me on a percentage basis and I was building cabinets for him. So I would build cabinets from scratch with him, uh, install the cabinets and work 12 to 18 hour days, seven days a week. And that's not an exaggeration. I was working a lot of hours and making about 325 an hour after I got my monthly paycheck. Needless to say, I had to leave that situation. The second job I got was as a dishwasher at a restaurant, kind of a new startup restaurant. I worked my way up from dishwasher to marketing director in a pretty short period of time. And I was with them and I had, as a marketing director, I had a 12 month contract with them. They broke contract with me after 12 weeks instead of 12 months. So for a moment, it was very good money, um, but it didn't last. So I got another job pretty, pretty quickly afterwards. I don't think I've ever been unemployed longer than like a week, but um, then I started a job at a cabinet place and it was like a corporate job. It was a manufacturing job working in a warehouse but um, 
and everything was good as far as like the benefits, the pay was decent. Um, the hours sucked. I was working 4 p.m. until maybe 2 a.m., 1 a.m., 4 a.m. It just depended on the day. Mandatory overtime, Monday through Friday, so I had the weekends off. But a manufacturing job is hard because coming from prison, um, it's exactly like prison. The bell rings like prison to let you know about your breaks. Your lunch breaks are the same. Your um, your breaks are the same. Everything is based on that buzzer, and it can drive you crazy. And uh, the concrete, everything. Even the way that the dudes like treat the females in there. Like in prison, female COs are kind of like gawked over or female workers. Like at, at this job that I had, this manufacturing, at this plant, it was the same thing. When a girl would come, it would like people would act crazy. So I was stressing out. I was like going through post-traumatic stress, like situations at work, like physically not feeling good, mentally not feeling good. I wasn't really, I was even like snapping at T and I didn't realize that I was snapping at her until we had this conversation in the car today. I was like, yeah, I, she was like, you're, you're just a better person. You're in a better place. I didn't realize I was being like, you know, so uneasy to get along with sometimes. I knew we had our little tiffs, but I didn't really take them that serious, I guess, or remember them as that serious, but she did. And I do too. Thinking about that job, I remember how much pain I was in and how stressful it is and like what happens to my mind there. So I start looking for a new job and I find a, a new job and um, as a as, for marketing, but then I get with the company and I'm not really quite sure what happened. Um, But whatever happened, because they haven't really told me, um, whatever happened in that situation, they fired me through a fucking text on a Sunday. And they're like giving me severance pay. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're giving me severance pay and you're firing me? And then... um, I, and I'm like at a loss as to why this even happened, to be honest. Like, I wish I could tell you like whether or not I deserved it or whatever. But that's been my work experience in the 19 months that I've been out. So... Right now in my mind, like I'm going through, I'm like in this weird phase right now. I'm like, am I doing right by wanting more? And it's really hard. I know it should be easy, an easy answer. Like I get everyone will be like, yeah, you know, go for it and this and that. Um, But it just seems like every opportunity that I've been getting that seems good, it, it like crumbles when it comes to these nine to fives and um and it makes me question myself it makes me question my my abilities like am I really able to like to work in marketing or advertising or sales am I actually good at this shit like I thought I was good I feel like I'm great at it and the one thing that I see when I work for these companies though is I feel like I could pick apart why they're failing and why they're not working well and um, 
and I would like to tell them, but it's very hard to tell a business owner anything or your boss anything because I want to get along with them and I don't want to fail. So I put myself in situations where, like in this last situation, they had very unrealistic expectations and timeframes. They had no idea the amount of time that it would take to do these things and they had no idea the process of how to do them right. And because of that, they made me promises that they didn't keep. And now I'm like out of an, a job. And to them, it doesn't really mean much, right? It doesn't mean much that I took a pay cut to be there. It doesn't mean much that they, you know, I was I was willing to give them my all because I'm like, yo, you're giving me this opportunity. I'm going to take it and I'm going to go 110%. Um, so when I think about stuff as I sit on the couch like a couch potato and be unemployed bum, I like I doubt my own ability to work in these fields that I I believed that I was very, very good at. So it's hard, you know, like mentally it's hard. And all day I've been apologizing to T because I feel like I'm stressing her. I'm putting her under a financial stress. I'm putting her under a, like, I don't ever want her to be in a place where she feels like, what are we going to do? Or how are we going to do it? And how are we going to get by for the next couple months or whatever the case may be? And, um, and now we're like starting to look at things that we can cut back on what what bills or you know extras can we like cut away and until I find something suitable and um and I hate that I hate having to like decide these things and consider these things cuz I want to provide and I want to help and um and I'm not so it's like re- it really fucks with me inside And, um, it messes with me because when I was in prison, this was exactly the position I never wanted to put her in and I didn't want to put anyone in. So it just makes it very difficult as I move forward. Normally, I don't want to talk about this kind of shit. Like, I don't want to put it on a podcast. I don't want to talk to you guys about it because I don't always, I don't want you guys to see this part a lot of the times because it, this is like a low for me, right? I feel low. I feel, I feel like a little bit defeated a bit. You know what I'm saying? I just, I feel, um, I feel like, dang, dude, I just, I, (laughs) Like looking back in retrospect, I just, I've had four jobs in, you know, 19 months. And, um, and although we can, it's easy to go, okay, well, I was, and, and I was truly getting like screwed at every one of them. But despite that, what could I have done better? Or what could I have done differently? You know, how could I have just stayed the course, I guess? And um, 
I tell you guys this because maybe you guys need to hear that it's not going to be great all the time. It's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to the transition is not going to always be easy and it's not always going to be successful in a way that we feel that it should be. And um and you got to deal with these feelings and your inmate may not be capable of discussing how he's feeling when he goes through these things. Um, in my case, I'm just, I'm somehow able to like kind of maintain some kind of confidence because at the end of the day, I don't care if I'm washing dishes or, you know, working at Burger King or whatever. I don't care where I'm at, like where I'm working as long as I'm contributing, that's what means the most to me. Um, but at the same time, even working at a fast food restaurant or whatever I would have to do, whatever I'm going to do next, it is kind of a blow to the pride, you know, because I know that I feel anyway that I'm capable of doing much more and I want to show that. So um, at the end of the day, I realize that it's going to be okay but in the moment, it's like, it's hard to deal with, right? I've never been fired over text before. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I've never been through a situation where people would take so much advantage of me and only try to pay me $3.25 an hour. I've never been in a situation where I've dealt with um, business owners who were kind of like savage and, and ruthless to their employees. I've never been in any of these situations or that I've noticed because I've never cared to try to move up before. And now I'm I'm dealing with probably the hardest situations I've ever dealt with in employment in my whole life with employment situations. And um, and I don't know why, you know, and so I'm questioning myself. I'm apologizing to my lady like all the time today I'm, I'm trying to make up for it by like doing the dishes and like making dinner and cooking and stuff because I just don't want to feel like a piece of shit I guess and um and maybe that's what everyone goes through when they lose a job I don't know but I guess it feels extra hard for me because I, I made these promises and I'm feeling like I'm failing at them and uh, and I don't want to fail the people that I care about. So throughout all this, we're like trying to figure out, is this the right place for us? Because we've never really felt at home here. We deal with a lot of racism. We deal with a lot of... Um, in, our, in the business that we want to be in, it's very hard to find people who are actively seeking anything better for themselves. And so we've considered and we've talked about moving to California um, and being closer to our team um, and some of, some of our support system and our family. So, you know, I know, I know a lot of you guys 
are out there in California. I'm really curious about it. One of the things that like today I talked to my parole officer, I had to go into my parole officer and tell him because when you lose a job, you got to tell your PO. So I went in there. I had to go tell my PO, hey, I lost this job. Uh, I wasn't sure why. Um, I told him, you know, I lost it through text. I, I actually, you know, I was real honest with them about it. And um, he was actually really cool about it because I believe that I've I've probably gained a little bit of trust in that office with with the staff there where they know that I'm not a troublemaker and I'm I follow the rules and I'm not trying to be about no bullshit. So because of that, they believe that I'm going to be OK. I'm going to be able to find a, another job. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and I, I know that, too. In the end, I know that. Um, but. I asked him about an interstate compact and about interstate compacting to California. And as I was going through that discussion, now I'm sitting back reflecting on it. And one of the things that me and T have talked about is, you know, will it be better out there or will it be worse as far as, you know, the parole regulations? Are they as easy going? Because here, you know, I see them once a month. Um, I'm low risk. I don't really have to do much. You know, and I earned that, though, because at first it was like I was in there multiple times a week. Then I had to earn like once a week. I had to go through these classes. And then once I graduated the class, you know, I I earned my way to, you know, being where I'm at now, where I'm not really on the radar because I'm not doing nothing wrong. And they know that. But, you know, getting interstate compacted to another city, to another state. Um, like California. I'm just very curious if any of you guys have um, are dealing with parole there, how you feel about parole there um, and your experiences, because that would really help, you know, us out in deciding if that's a good move for us. You know what I mean? But these are all things we've been considering. Should should we just not have me working for somebody else? Like, we're actually looking into the possibility of just starting our own business because I've been selling stuff for people my whole life, but I've never sold what I wanted to sell. You know, I've never, I've never sold the thing, the merchandise that I wanted to sell and be about the business I wanted to be about. And we've been discussing, you know, creating a clothing line and how that's going to get done. And I've been talking to friends and connections and just developing those conversations to maybe make that happen. And um, at the end of the day, we're discussing other options and what our options are. And in those discussions, I actually get a little bit more hopeful. I'm like, wow, it's not so bad. And one of the things that makes me feel that way is that even though all of this shit really, really sucks for me, like, my lady and my support people and my, my, you know, my mother and father-in-law, you know, like soon to be, they're like super supportive and they know that I'm going to be okay. And that we're going to be okay. Like there's no doubt in anyone's mind around me that it's going to be all right. And I'm going to be able to make do and get us through this and help get us through this. And, um, that means like a lot to me because it keeps me confident And it keeps me like, okay, this is a minor setback, but it doesn't mean shit. I could get through this. So it helps me balance out the negative talk in my mind 
where like the negative talk is like, man, am I even good at this kind of work? Like, should I just, you know, go somewhere where I'm very unhappy and just be content there because that's the only thing I'll ever be good at. And then the balance of that is them telling me, you know, these guys were in the wrong. You know, you know how good you are. We know how good you are at this. We believe in you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to find a better opportunity. You know, God probably has greater things for you. And um, to like I say that because I really hope that if your inmate or, you know, when your inmate like hits one of these ruts or goes through one of these things, you guys can like be that loving encouragement. And at first we may not want to hear it. We may be like stuck in our loathing and our like self-pity for a minute. And, you know, give us that time because you know, it, we got to deal with our hurt and our pain in, in a certain way, right? Like there is a blow to the chest when you get, when you go through these things. But, um, so I would say kind of give us our time to like collect our thoughts, but like my support system, their strength and their encouragement, like makes it like easy to go through. Like I was fired on Sunday. It's almost, you know, it's Monday now, Tuesday now. And, um, and I don't, I don't feel like it's the end of the world. So kind of the end of like me talking, I just wanted to say part of that encouragement comes from you guys because we get really good letters from you guys. We get really good like messages and we get a lot of encouragement from you guys. And even hearing that you guys are going through similar things or that this helps, like it, it encourages me like to, to continue to do good because it's easy to, to fall apart and go another direction with my life. But like knowing that you guys are hearing me and it's it means something to you pushes me to like continue to be positive and like a good person and not like fall back into that prison mentality and to not to not give up and to be better, you know, because I'm trying to be better for my family, trying to be better for myself, but I'm also trying to be better for you guys. And I know that it seems kind of like distant. Maybe we don't talk or, you know, you just hear me through this. But like, um, you know, to be honest, you guys are just as important in that support process as my family around me and my friends and everyone else who's encouraging. Um, and I hope that somehow like I'm doing the same thing that just like being honest with you guys and telling you, hey, this is a fucking rough week for me. Like. I hope it doesn't bring you down because at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. And I really do feel like we're going to make it out of this like stronger. So I appreciate you guys listening and I hope you guys have a really good week. So as my handsome dude is in the kitchen making us a late dinner, I kind of want to just come on here and just kind of talk a little bit about this episode. So 
as much as I want to just make every single episode a positive, happy-go-lucky experience, we all know that that's not real life. We all have our highs and lows, and I felt like in this situation, as, as private as some of these things are, I feel like it's such a big um, topic to talk about because even though it's been 19 months and he's been out almost two years, like these are struggles that we're all going to face at some point and we all have to talk about them. You know what I mean? And, you know, this is a a low quote unquote low point in, in our journey right now thus far. But in my mind, I don't really see it as a low point. I see it as more signs like everything happens for a reason my mom and I were talking about this the other day you know the fact that it's been four jobs and like similar situations like this are happening I feel like it's just this reminder that that we're not really supposed to be here where we are at this moment I feel like where we are here in Oregon was where we needed to be for him to get out you know like Oregon was the approved place for his parole but now that we've gotten to the point that we are I feel like all these situations and all these experiences that we keep having is basically our our guiding um, signs that we need to move move along to the next chapter you know he mentioned not being able to find a lot of people to work with here Um, We're not really close to family. We're not really close to the team of people that we work with on, you know, in the music area of our lives when it comes to the merchandise of the clothing, the music, the production, you know, the people that are down to work. We're not close to them, you know, and and we haven't been able to find friendships here that have really latched on to be something, you know, like we, we continuously try, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, man, we don't have friends. Like we do have, you know, people that we see that we care about that, you know, but it's not like they're not really checking in on us or really asking how we're doing. We're not really like hanging out with them on that level of like the friends that we have that, you know, I have friends that I talk to like every day and they're not here. He has friends that he talks to every day and they're they're not here. Um, and in order, in my mind, in my opinion, in order to be successful and to have a game plan, a business plan, we can't do it alone. We have to have a team. And in order to have a team, we have to have people that are down to work, down to be supportive, down to be, you know, in the trenches with you. And we just can't seem to find that here no matter how much we try, no matter how much we put ourselves out there, um, no matter how much Chris is putting himself out there with these jobs. And I also believe what he's saying is, you know, he's sitting here pushing, working hard to sell other people's dreams and other people's visions. And, you know, this keeps happening where I feel like maybe it's time for him to start putting forth that effort and those dreams into himself, you know, and obviously that takes time and we can't just automatically jump into it because there are responsibilities and bills and things that we have to cover. 
but I feel like we've been given a couple opportunities to be able to do that and we're around people that want to help us make that happen because they believe in our vision and you know that's why California came up and you know my family's in California my parents are in California they very much want us to you know be there with them and my my only concern is that we've done so much work here with his PO to get him to where he's at. I feel like, I honestly feel in my gut that he's so close to being done. Like Chris is so close to being done on this parole journey to like, just get off of it. You know what I mean? I feel like we're just so close that I don't want it to be a setback moving to California. You know, like what are we willing to sacrifice to move to California is him having to start over with another PO, something that I want to risk. You know, are they going to be like super um, strict with him where we're not going to be able to do our music the way that we do here? Are we still going to be able to do shows? Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, and I can't, it's something that I can't control, right? I can't control what the outcome of that is really going to be. It's going to be what it is. But a part of me is like, should we just stick it out here until he's done with parole? Because we have it so, I don't want to say easy because nothing's easy, but I mean, we, we've we had a very um, comfortable transition being here. And is it going to be worse if we move? Is it going to be the same? Is it, you know, I don't really know. So if any of you... Um, prison wives, prison girlfriends, you know, having any experience or if any of you know of people that have gotten out that are on parole out there in California, uh, specifically in like the Calipatria, El Centro, like San Diego County, that area, what have your experiences been with that? You know, what it, tell me, you know, what you guys have seen, what you guys have been through, stories if you if you have any, um, and just share that with us. You know, I know every situation's different. Every every inmate getting out has a whole different story, a whole set of things, but I just I just feel like the more that I listen to you guys in your journey, the more it kind of helps me prepare for if that's gonna be our next chapter. Um I feel like that's what we need to do. But at the same time, you know, I just have to kind of listen to my, to my gut right now and not make any like really quick decisions, nothing impulsive because this move would affect a lot of different things, not just parole, but you know, with my job too, and also moving with my parents, like that's giving up a lot of personal space and, you know, I love my parents, but you know, when you live in your own home for so long and you have like kind of a schedule or or a way of doing things, you can't really do it the same way when you live with other people, you know? So there's a lot to think about, but I just wanted to share this part of our week with you guys. Um, We're both in really good spirits, I would say. Like, you know, it's unfortunate. It's really like bullshit the way that it all went down but not once was I really like worried about Chris because he's one of the hardworking, one of the hardest working people that I know and he's ambitious and he 
is charismatic and he is such a people person and he has so many great qualities. I don't think it's going to be hard for him to find a job and whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is for work that he needs to do, I know he's going to do. But at the end of the day, I truly want him to be happy. I want him to be happy, feel good about what he's doing, feel like he's making a difference. And, you know, talking about the job that he had before where he was a completely different person. He was always tired. He was always moody. He was always feeling sick. You know, um, his spirits were down. He was sleeping like crap. His health was crap. Like everything was just so negative, even though the job was paying well, had full benefits, had a 401k, like on paper looked great. What it was doing to him was just so detrimental that I just told him, I don't care if you go and work at Subway or McDonald's or whatever, if it gets you out of that place and just gets you in a better spot in life and makes you feel better, you know, like do it. It's not, it's not about the money, you know, it's like peace of mind, all the other things we can cut back on, you know, like he was saying, we went through bills and stuff today and cut off some of the excess stuff, the extra things, you know, I'm not worried. I know we're going to get through it, you know, but I just feel like in, in my gut that it's just, it's time to move on to the next chapter, you know, and so I'll keep, I'll keep you guys posted in that. I'll let you know what, what our next move is going to be. And obviously you're going to be around for the whole journey because we're not going to stop doing the podcast, you know, wherever we go, you guys are going to go with us. So I'll keep you in tune with what we're doing. And like I said, uh, my California prison wives, prison girlfriends, you know, prison family community, let me know what it's like out there in California. I mean, I was born and raised in San Diego, but I haven't been back like that in a long time. We went, we went back to visit a couple times, but I haven't been back like that, you know, in the Calipatria, El Centro, like those areas, you know, what are we in for? Lay it on me. I'd like to know. But anyways, I'm going to end this podcast here. Thank you guys for your support. Thanks for listening in. We just love you guys. We love sharing these things with you guys. And if you have any feedback, if you have any comments, concerns, anything like that, hit us in our inboxes on Instagram. You could find me at Lee Goddess, L-E-E-G-O-D-D-E-S-S. And you could find Chris on his page at Big Wino, B-I-G-W-Y-N-O. And then our podcast page is at Superwide TC. So hit us up on any three of those pages and stay tuned. We have brand new episodes on Superwide every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe, make us your favorite so that you get notified every time we go live. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. We love you guys. And Sophie says she loves you too. (laughs) Have a good night, guys. Thank you.